It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're talking about in the podcast, since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors, and in some cases where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. MomoCon is a yearly festival that was supposed to take place in Atlanta on Memorial Day weekend. It should have been the 16th annual gathering, but it's moving into the digital realm this year. What is MomoCon? Well, it's a celebration of anime, gaming, and cosplay. And if you don't know what those things mean, we're here to clear it up for you. And we're going to talk about what you can expect from what they're calling MomoCon Line. And here to talk about this virtual event is the AJC's Joseph Ferguson. Welcome. Hello. So, I actually got to um, sit down with not only the founder of MomoCon, but the uh, di- one of the directors a- a- as well. So just on a, on a really, really basic level, it's a, it's, it's a celebration of, um, of anime, anime culture, video games, and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, now, anime is just pretty much Japanese cartoons in, in a weird way. It's, it's like a cousin to manga, which is like Japanese comic books. And they range from like like uh, action to drama to like all these like anime is just a term like how we would say uh an american film and there are different genres within american films so that is how they um yeah that's the, that's the pretty much just how they classify it and within the anime culture people like to dress up as their favorite characters and that's called cosplay and people go hard with cosplay like it's not just they go to party city and pick up a costume they are you know taking measurements of the the characters and scaling them up to how their costumes would fit them and hand making all the costumes there's actually like a momocon tradition is, is 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 actually a cosplay contest to see who got it the most right and they they're still gonna do that 
but it's just going to be online this year. Um, they're live streaming on Twitch. There's going to be live streaming on YouTube and Facebook. So there, there's a ton of ways to get involved. They were going to have a um, a uh, a job fair for those who are super fans and want to get into to the industry, but that really isn't conducive to the online environment. So that's definitely going to be next year. So keep keep your eye out for that. And um, yeah, it was a really, really good conversation. I got to talk about how they started and where they came from and some of the problems and issues that come with scaling up a huge fest like that, like, like just a huge con like that. And then we kind of got into what made them fans. Cause I think at the end of the day, everyone is just a fan of the culture and a fan, um, a fan of the medium. So I thought, I thought it would be cool to kind of see where they started in their fandom and where they are now and the things that they can still appreciate to this day. Like, you know, do you still get those same butterflies when you see a new show or when you play a new game? Um, actually, so, so something that was uh, really cool is they set up their own um, Animal Crossings Island. So if you have Animal Crossings, you can load up your game and hop into their world and talk to other Momocon fans and just be a part of the festival that way. So it's a really cool way of how they're kind of pivoting to virtual and leaning into the game at the same time and still keeping everybody safe. Right. Well, I mean, so much of, you know, what what Momocon is about uh, has an online component anyway. So it kind of makes sense that, right. that it would right, right. it would seem seamless to to put it into the virtual yeah, world. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool. And um, and so it's it's happening on multiple platforms. It sounds like it's not just, you know, in one place. It's almost like a festival in that it's different venues almost. Yeah. Right, right. And I thought it was cool that like it, it takes place on uh, Memorial Day weekend. Everything is free. So if you want to come in for an hour, half hour, then leave and then you can go join a Twitch stream or you can go out and you can hop on to um, the Animal Crossings world and hang out there and then leave and then come back. So it's a really, really cool kind of like an a la carte. You can kind of join when you want and um, do all that kind of stuff, which I think is really cool. Well, thanks so much for uh, for bringing us this story about Momocon and uh, its uh, new incarnation online. I'm really excited about it, and um, I will definitely do my best to cover all the other little nerdy things that happen in the city. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much, Joseph. Hello. My name is Joseph, and we are here with... Chris. And Jess. From Momocon. And today we're going to get into like kind of the history of of Momocon, how it became an Atlanta staple. And then I think we're going to get into what they're doing now and like what just made them fans to begin with. So I think first it's important to kind of go to kind of see how we got here. So first I think we need to say, what is Momocon? (laughs) Momocon is an animation, gaming, and comic convention. It's full of lots of costumes, lots of tournaments, celebrity guests, companies, announcements, fun stuff like that. Usually mm-hmm. happens every May downtown at the Georgia World Congress Center. This year's a little bit different. We're doing an all <laughs> online event. Uh, sure. But in 2021, we'll be back downtown at the Georgia World Congress Center. Yeah, on Memorial Day weekend. And 2021, yeah. I think it's May 27th through 30th. So Cool, cool. As I, was, as, as I was, was poking around and reading some stuff about MomoCon, Momo actually means peach yeah. in Japanese. Mm-hmm. 
So, and, and we are the Peach State, Bomo Khan, mm-hmm. Dad Joko. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. There's, there's peaches right here. So. Yeah, yeah. Peaches are actually part of the logo, which I think is really cool. So, I think what, so when, when was the first year Momo Khan actually happened? Momocon first happened in 2005. We used to be on Georgia mm-hmm. Tech campus. We were we grew to a pretty big event. The first seven years we were on Georgia Tech campus and got over 10,000 attendees in that time wow. frame. Wow. Which is a pretty big event no, for absolutely. a college campus, you know. For sure. Uh, and then we moved to the downtown hotels and then to the Georgia Wall Congress Center in 2015. Yeah, I think getting getting 10,000 people in any like one place at one time is 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 a feat no matter no matter what you do. So I think yeah that's that's really cool. What was your initial like did you did you have this grand idea of I want to make it huge it's going to be this Georgia staple where you judge it where you just like I want to surround myself. Yeah, like so walk me through kind of like your your thought process when you were first creating this thing and did you have any idea oh. it was going to be this huge, you know, uh, like absolutely not the first year uh, i remember the first year well when we were first getting started out it was really small comparatively but it still right. felt really big for us our first year we had 700 people and then the yeah. next year we had 1800 and i thought i was gonna die because <laughs> where did 1800 people come from right, uh, and right. then the year like a couple years later when we hit 10,000, i i'm like what even is this what mm-hmm. happened it was definitely just a hobby we're doing stuff with the club on campus we had really good space on Georgia Tech, and it, it, it was just fun. Uh, and then it, it just started growing, and it kept growing. And then in 2019, we had almost mm-hmm. 40,000 people. So wow. I certainly would not have seen that wow. when we started out, going yeah. all the way that large. So you mentioned, you mentioned um, just like the, the club on campus, and I imagine those were the people that kind of helped you uh, coordinate everything. So what was the, your biggest, I think, challenge in scaling? Because at a certain point, it stopped being like a club activity and started being like a job. So what, right, so can, can you walk me through how you kind of bridge that gap between like, this is a fun hobby, so you're actually scaling it into something that you're doing all year round and making sure it can be the best it can be? Sure, so as Jess mentioned, she started it technically in 2004, the first event in 2005. Right. So, you know, small number of people helping out at the time. I mean, I was there uh, the first year as a general volunteer helping out. But when I became president of the club, um, I kind of took over some of the school related responsibilities with the event. And we kind of scaled the event in terms of volunteers with them. And that's how we scaled initially. It's like volunteers from the club, right? Made sense. So mm-hmm. our first challenge uh, in growing was, man, we our club isn't big enough to get all the volunteers. <laughs> So right. we had to figure out how to grow the number of volunteers. And so we started making connections at other events. And that was kind of the first scaling challenge, right? And mm-hmm. uh, the second scaling challenge was we, on campus, of Georgia Tech campus, we actually had to get more buildings as we grew. Yeah. So we had to figure out <laughs> yeah. how to like get multi-building events. That was, right? that was our big early challenge yeah. was certainly we started off in the student center and then by like year two we were using the instructional center and then by like year <laughs> five we're like there's not enough yeah. room we have to cap attendance and then right. we moved to the other side of campus and so, we had like four buildings hodgepodge together yeah, our, and, our last year on campus was at uh, tech, tech square which used the biltmore hotel the georgia tech hotel um uh, as well as several, uh, the biltmore is a venue not yeah, a hotel the, yeah it's not yeah. A, it's, yeah to be fair biltmore Hotel built more classical. ballrooms, yeah, yeah, and uh, the Georgia Tech Hotel the yeah. management building, mm-hmm. it, yeah. yeah, just it, hodgepodged, mm-hmm. and it was the whole block, yeah, of all Texas. Yeah. 10,000 10, yeah. nerds just spilling out onto the street, you know. Yeah, yeah. I and, think, I mean, so, but, 
that that was like the the challenge of of getting you know just to move on campus for the growth but then the mm -hmm. challenge became well now we've kind of outgrown campus what do we do oh yeah that, that that's yeah. The, it was another part of the same problem we yeah. moved yeah. into the hilton the first year outgrew it after the first year that or we moved to the marriott to get more or, i'm sorry i had that back the marriott first we moved to the marriott then we the moved hilton. to the hilton then yeah. we were so large we outgrew the hilton so we had to do the marriott yeah. and the hilton and then we finally moved to the Congress Center, which was the first contiguous single venue we'd had almost yeah. since year one. Well, even though technically wow. we still had the Omni. Yeah, I yeah. guess we still had the Omni. Yeah. Man. Right. <laughs> so, and and uh, for what we had planned in 2020 was the challenge of moving from Hall A, which was mm -hmm. about uh, 350,000 square feet of the exhibit level, to uh, Hall, Hall B. B, which is about 610,000 square feet on the exhibit hall level. So almost twice as much space. So the answer is space yeah. is usually our problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, a lot of other scaling, but we scaled with the help of a lot, excuse me, a lot of um, partners and, and help along the way. I mean, we've, yeah. we've had many different groups that have helped us get to the point that we're at. We work with many of them year to year, um, you know, so it, it's, 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 a, it's an effort combined with a, um, a lot of different teams, both volunteering from our, our side, as well as the aspects of our, our contracted partners that help us set up mm -hmm. the booths and get or, power or and, run tournaments yeah. and things yeah. like that we have different groups that come in from the community that help us in different ways and they have specialized expertise you know right. we may not know everything there is to know about running undernight in birth the game <laughs> but we contract with people who do you know for sure we do know sure. a lot about smash though so Oh yeah, I think I but and, and I think I think everything that you're describing are great problems to have. Like you want to have scaling problems. You you it, like it, if all, if you could have any problem, you want to have the problem of so many people want to come here. How do we fit them all in? So I think like that's a really cool just uh, trajectory to go towards. So I think in terms of um, this year, obviously it's going to be a little different. <laughs> So what what is going to happen this year that didn't happen the year before? And how are you guys kind of navigating, um, still providing a fulfilling experience, but keeping everybody safe? So obviously we're doing what we're calling MomoCon online, our MomoCon mm -hmm. line. And uh, we've been streaming to Twitch um, for okay. since 2015. Cool. Technically we had some tests in 2014 event, but... 2015, we actually had a Twitch channel. We were able to live stream several of our panel, main panel rooms, like some of our bigger guest yeah. highlight panels. In our tournament, some and, of our tournaments. Yeah, we've been streaming the tournaments for even longer, yeah. but um, not necessarily on the MomoCon channels. And, and so we've had this infrastructure in place of the Twitch channels and the knowledge of streaming. Right. And we were able to utilize that knowledge to adapt more quickly to doing an online version of our event. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we look at what we've been able to, you know, differentiate, we're, we're trying to actually not differentiate as much as possible. Obviously, it's online. You're not interacting the same degree yeah. as you would if you're in person event. But right. one of the things that we've seen in, in terms of a lot of the online replacement conventions is that they're more or less like this Zoom call, not even like the Zoom call because you can't interact with the person. It's more like a one-way messaging platform, right? There's no mm -hmm. interactivity uh, between the fans and that, unless you do like a, a Zoom call as a separate thing. Right. And so what we said was, well, what can we also do to allow attendees to interact with each other? So we're, we actually made a, a Discord platform and have already had over a thousand people join the Discord platform in less wow. than a week. 
uh, and 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 we're gonna uh, set it up so that we can have game organization on there for tabletop gaming. So you can mm-hmm. find people you never met before, uh, play a tabletop game virtually. Uh, social interactions, giveaways, other things on the Discord platform that allow some more attendee to attendee interaction. Uh, and then after that, we also did something new with the Animal Crossing Island. Animal Crossing obviously is new to this year because we didn't really, well, uh, you know, this, this version is yes, new that's to true. This year. Right, right. I've 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 played just about every version, but this version, uh, well, when, when, yeah, we made a Momocon Island. Honestly. Oh wow. Uh, and, okay. And we've I've been mm-hmm. running sessions on it uh, four people at a time. We've, we've I've probably processed about five to six hundred people visiting the island that each has different themes of Momocon itself. I mean, we've got, yeah. uh, you know, arcade area, we've got a registration booth and a panel room, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. and so we got these kind of fun some things. Some of our artworks on the ground and stuff. So. We're That's using another so platform cool. to help navigate the queuing yeah, process really cool. to get yeah. everybody to check it out. Uh, so it's going to be part of our plan for online as well. Just another little thing that's new because it didn't exist mm-hmm. before. We also but have think, a, yeah. an online vendor platform. Uh, so that uh, we both have a link to our vendors so that people can support the vendors that are put out by a lot of these events canceling. Right, right. I mean, that's that's their bread and butter. Uh, and also we're working with another one of our partners to have kind of an online marketplace for a whole week around Momocon online. So people can go and shop from the same vendors they would have shopped with at Momocon just yeah. online. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That, that's yeah. Yeah. I think those little like attentions to detail, like even the, uh, the, the, the Island, the animal crossing Island, I think it's just a really cool idea. Everyone's got it. You can log on and still be a part of the community. And I think it was cool how you guys were able to switch so quickly to being an, an, an online only event um, just because you guys have already had that. And in the gaming you know, community, streaming is already super popular. So people already have the accounts. They already know how to navigate these platforms. So it wasn't that big of a switch. No, that's, that's, that's really cool. Um, I think for this part, I want to get into, I think, what made you guys fans. So we're talking about Momocon, we're talking about kind of the anime, the, the manga, the, the video games, but I think, I, I think it, people would love to hear the stuff that still gets you excited and the stuff that got you excited in the first place. So if you could just talk, talk a little bit about that. About that. You go first. Sure. <laughs> so uh, as you can see us sitting here right now, behind us is the shelves that we already had in this room before mm-hmm. we did the streaming setups. So that was kind of our fan collection of stuff. I'm not saying it's mostly mine, but I'm saying it's mostly mine. I've got mine <laughs> on the other side here. Uh, so yeah. his is up in the corner. My, yeah. The rest is mine. Yeah, like, uh, so, you know, I, I started out um, as a fan of some geeky stuff. My first ever convention, I was probably seven or eight years old, and I attended a Star Trek convention, actually. Um, I'm gonna tilt the camera here real quick. Go so you can it. see there's actually a Batleth up there. Oh wow! Top. So, sorry, tilt back down. But so, a Star Trek fan, and uh, it's kind of my first fandom. Uh, and then I kind of expanded. I was I was a gamer, but I wouldn't really call it a fandom until later on. You know, I played mm-hmm. games, mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got into anime probably by you know high school. And I actually was super into anime, and in fact, anime is, is what led me to meet Jess in the first place because. Uh, in high school, I was like one of four or five people that watched anime, you know, in total. Yeah. Like I knew of at least. And uh, and so I wanted to meet more and I joined the anime club at Georgia Tech. And actually, it's one of the things that I was really looking forward to. And it so happened that Jess was at the time 
my freshman year. She was the president of the club that did start Momocon. So anime actually made us connect in the first place. Yeah, follow um, your passions, kids. Guys. Yes. Hey, I, th- I think it's great. I, I, said, I said, it's like, follow your passions, kids. Like, like you never know who you're going to meet. You never know what's going to happen. Just do the stuff you think is cool. Now that's, that's a, I didn't mean to c- c- cut you off, but I just think that's a really cool story. No, I, I appreciate it. And, I, you know, been fortunate to, to have fandoms in my life that, you know, led me to where we're at now. I mean, it led me to my wife. It led me to the career that we're in um, and, as, and many, many friends as well uh, on the way. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, very fortunate. Uh, I got started a, a really long time ago watching anime on the Sci-Fi Channel in the middle of the night. I guess before that, I was I, I got really into video games first. Video games was my first fandom for sure. Um, playing Link to the Past and Final Fantasy four and six, yes. aka the best Final Fantasies. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying, but I'm saying uh, playing a lot of that. I was I was really really into video games, especially as a younger kid. And then I watching sci-fi channel in the middle of the night anime watching akira watching kushan robot mm-hmm. hunter stuff but like really old stuff i yeah. really like art house anime and a lot yeah. of people are like what oh I, I like dragon ball z and i like sailor moon and i love those properties and i think they're great right. but i like robot carnival and i like the count of monte cristo adaptation mm-hmm. and i like things mm-hmm. that are very artsy and kind of weird mm-hmm. um, for sure uh, I'm a weirdo. I don't know. <laughs> You're among friends. You know. Okay, we all. <laughs> uh, but nowadays, I, I don't know. I'm replaying Breath of the Wild right now because Ooh, I'm really into it. I, I played a lot of Animal Crossing when it first came out, but right. I, I I can only fish for so long. I, I don't really... kill me. I still don't have a switch. I still don't have a oh, switch. Wow. I'm. I know. But li- listen, listen. Zelda is my favorite franchise, hands down. Like like uh, a link to, to to the past was the first game I 100%ed. Like I love that that game. So like Breath of the Wild, I've played it. So like that's getting me into it. The Smash and I think Animal Crossing was the last push I needed to to yeah. finally get. get <laughs> you got to to. Switch, switch is a wonderful handheld. It's yeah. really powerful for a handheld. Yeah. It's like having yeah. a home like a TV console and a handheld yeah. and oh, it's no. so good. I love handheld. And as a Zelda fan, you'll I mean. If you've obviously not played Breath of the Wild, it's an amazing game. Oh, it's super yeah. good. It's yeah. so good. I, I only hear like amazing things about it. Like I'm sh- no believe like that is that's something that I really want to get to. It's, and I'm during quarantine, I got nothing but time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think my first anime was um, the first anime I think I really fell in love with was uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. That was the mm-hmm. one that kind of brought me like little fourteen year old Joseph like brought me yeah. into the to the fold. That's that's a very popular one. I think it brought a lot of people in anime. Yeah, we're we're a little older, so the things that <laughs> yeah, brought, no, you making me feel kind of old, right? We, oh no, no, I'm older, sorry, so I'm sorry. Things that, <laughs> we, the things that brought us our 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 generation, if you will, uh, into yeah. fandom. Toonami. Yeah, it was Toonami. Everything that aired on Toonami. Oh, back Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Uh, yeah. Sailor Moon. We're on Toonami. I mean, I watched mm-hmm. both. I mean, I watched Toonami when it first started and introduced mm-hmm. us to anime. I technically had seen Run One and a Half because a friend say, I watched, beforehand, and then several Speed uh, Racer was on there before. Yeah. Vampire Hunter D was on when yeah. I was like twelve years old on TNT. Oh, yeah. I kind of vaguely remember it. The movie's but, great, by the way. But the one that really made me <laughs> yeah. love anime was Toonami. Honestly, that was what kind of sealed the deal. I remember staying up to like two, two to like two a.m. or like a Code Lyoko was on there. Like it's just yeah. it is it, no, it's it's great. The Death Note top five all time. It's. Uh, Back in my younger Did you watch days. the live action? 
unfortunately on Netflix. Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. They're making another one. Yeah, they're making a sequel to it. (laughs) Okay, this is this is kind of a controversial question. Do you consider Avatar the Last Airbender anime? So it's like not it, anime in the terms of the technical definition, but it, right. it is basically following anime. It's kind of like um, you wouldn't call a movie produced in the U.S. a foreign film, right? Correct. Right. In same, right. In the same way, I, I think it's that way. I mean, it's done in the spirit of of anime mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. I mean, that's mm-hmm. inspired by. And I wouldn't have a problem if someone wanted to refer to it as anime. I'm not going to be one of these internet. People, well, technically, <laughs> right? Well, actually, <laughs> well, actually, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, not going yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I, I would say that it's fine to call an anime, but yeah. technically, it is produced here, so it doesn't really make a difference from mm-hmm. the perspective of from our convention, for example. Right. You know, we, right. We're happy to have content and fans celebrating it. There is, um, there's one show I've really been getting into. Um, it's it's technically a webtoons. It's called Tower of God. I don't know if you've, ah, if you've heard. I'm caught up on that. I watched episode oh six God. the other day. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Oh, I love it, and I love that it, it comes from uh, South Korea. So we're kind of bringing in a whole new, you know, perspective and like genre. Like the art style is amazing. If anyone hasn't seen Tower of God, trust me, you'll love it. Um, webtoons so, is a great new frontier because uh, Laura yes. Olympus from webtoons is also getting made into uh, American oh, cartoon it? as well. Yeah. They announced that I forget which studio is doing it. I think it's being done for Netflix, but I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, it's look. been picked up for an American animation. It, it was announced, I want to say, around New York Comic Con. Yeah, year. sometime like in the end of last year. Sometime. Yeah. It's just it's just such a such an untapped well of like amazing stories that can be converted yeah. into a bunch of different mediums. Um, so yeah, I guess. Is there anything else you would like to say? I'm a lot of questions. I've nerded out. This has been great. Um, is there anything, any, anything else you want people to know? Oh, it's free. We need to, we need to definitely need to say that free. That's the best thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're about. putting all this together, MomoCon online, um, and it's May 21st or 24th, just like the original MomoCon 2020 was planned for. Right. Uh, and it is free to attend. You can visit our website, momocon.com slash online or momocononline.com. Either one takes you to the same place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll have a full schedule later this week of activities, uh, events. But there is kind of like the highlights of each aspect are already on there. Uh, and awesome. we'll be updating it a lot more as we get closer to the event. Uh, we're in the final cool. run-up here um, as we're doing this live interview. We've, I've got a meeting right after this uh, call on some of the production for the live stream. And so we've, we're full steam ahead on everything. I love it. I love it. Uh, any place to follow you, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit? Uh, yeah. all of the above yeah. uh we uh, we're momocon on all of those platforms just yeah. instagram yeah. slash momocon twitter slash momocon uh yeah. our our twitter is actually highlighting some of our um artists vendors and indie games that would have been at the show this year and aren't going to be able mm-hmm. to every day so we highly encourage you to follow that yeah cool and join the discord discord.gg slash momocon that's another way to interact with us i mean we've tried to be on almost every platform i think we don't have a TikTok. We haven't figured out how to actually really integrate <laughs> yeah. with the TikTok. Uh, yeah, TikTok's well. really good for our community, but for a brand, it's, it's kind harder of, to figure. It's out. Harder. It's a, um, I feel so old on TikTok. Don't like I <laughs> look at there and I'm like, what are the kids up to? What are these? What are these dances? Like I can't, I can't keep up. But I do think it's a really good platform. It's got one of the best algorithms out there. But yeah, it is. Just, it's a great platform for cosplay too. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. We're, we're actually running yeah. a cosplay a, a hashtag event, uh, MomoCon Cosplay Day. 
and mm -hmm. people can submit their videos, pictures across all the platforms to that hashtag. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. Yeah. Um, thank you. I really appreciate I it. I think that's it. Of course. Hey, anytime I get to talk about anime, I'm, 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 I'm a happy <laughs> man. So this has been great. Um, I'm definitely going to be in there. Um, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll be in the discord. I'm definitely going to uh, watch some of these panels. Um, so yeah, MomoCon online. Don't forget to come next year as well. We can all be in person and it'll be great. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. There's nothing normal about our new normal, but AJC.com is the same trusted source you've always had, and we have just as much great content, if not more. That's why each week I'll highlight my personal picks for the best things to do, see, and experience, and the stories are easy to find on AJC.com. A few things are starting to reopen as restrictions are loosened, but even those attractions that are welcoming the public back, like the Atlanta Botanical Garden and Zoo Atlanta, are doing things in a different way. They're limiting the number of people allowed in at a time with timed entry tickets, keeping some indoor spaces closed, and asking patrons to wear masks, though that's not a requirement in many places. Check out our stories on the reopening of both Zoo Atlanta and the Atlanta Botanical Garden at AJC.com and keep up with all the latest reopenings at ajc.com reopen. And speaking of masks, if you're planning to wear one, learn the right way to do it. Rosalind Bentley and Rick Watkins teamed up to offer an illustrated guide to demonstrate the do's and don'ts of mask wearing and how to best protect yourself and others. You'll find that story and more great resources at ajc.com coronavirus. Some restaurants are reopening, too, with a new way of doing things. Among the dining spots that have announced a return to dine-in service are Bacchanalia and Floataway Cafe. Many places are still serving to-go, delivery, and curbside pickup, and the AJC's dining team is still checking out some of those offerings. Among the recent takeout taste tests from the team were the General Muir and Decatur's Las Brasas. Check out all the latest on restaurant openings and closings, get reviews, and more at the Atlanta Restaurant Scene blog. The AJC is also bringing you stories of those who are helping others in the midst of the crisis. At the University of Georgia, a community garden is helping feed nearly 60 food insecure families. They've kept it going with a reduced workforce and stringent safety protocols, but the possibility of future budget cuts weighs on the project's leaders. Find out what the project does, how they've kept it going, and how you can help UGA Garden continue with its mission. You'll find all of this and more at AJC.com. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith. Podcast edited by Bria Felicien. Music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin. And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.